Fantastic. Okay, welcome back everyone. Hour three of our live event for July. Sun's oh, the sun is up now, so it's really um, a bit cloudy this morning, but anyway, we're all good. So this hour, so we've been through thoughts and beliefs. We've talked about emotional eating. Um, we've talked about our, last hour we went through our process. We've created a naturally healthy self-concept. Um, this hour we're going to be talking like just some some key things. So habits, we're going to talk about nutrition, we're going to talk about meal planning, and we're going to talk about urges. So we've got a lot to cover. So let's dive in. Okay. And yeah, just type chat in the chat as you go, if you have any questions. So habits, basically in terms of forming good habits, there's three parts to any habit. So there's a cue or a trigger, which is a thing or situation that gets you to gets you to have the urge to do the habit then there's the actual action of that that you take when when you have the habit and then there's the reward so for any habit to form it needs those those three things and so the key to good habits is to make the action intrinsically rewarding so then you're really self-motivated to do that so if you think about um, habit of brushing your teeth so the cue is it's bedtime um, or maybe it's the morning time if you brush your teeth in the morning as well um, so time of day is the cue you go into the bathroom the, and like lo location can be a cue as well so um, going to the bathroom the action is you brush your teeth and then the reward is that you have a clean mouth so it, and the rewards like when they we talk about rewards like just that little thing of having a clean mouth and feeling good about taking care of yourself like that's enough like to for us to to want to keep going with those habits um so the thing with forming good habits is that we want to start small we want to because if we, and one of the biggest mistakes people make with habits is that they like want to go from zero to like doing everything and like of course when we try and do too much we get overwhelmed and we make it it's unrealistic and then of course we like it isn't rewarding and it's a chore and it's just too much and we get like overload. So what we want to do instead is like really start small. So that's why I got you to start your daily practice just by writing the thought that change is possible. And actually, if you want to keep continuing adding, having that as part of your belief plan, I should have mentioned like that, that's a good one to continue with. Um, so we want to start small and um yeah, and really just, and with habits, it's like being intentional about like just thinking through like what are, what our cues are and being really clear about the, what our cues are and then also like being really clear on what the rewards are and experimenting and trying to find what, what works for you. So some examples of habits that, you know, you might like to work on as part of your Work in Naturally Healthy Club our daily practice, definitely if that five-minute daily habit, we're going to um, work on that together. Um, eating when you're like focused eating might be a habit that you might want to develop. Slowing down when you're eating, stopping when you feel satisfied, like that's another habit that you might want to work on. Weighing yourselves every day, day is another habit. Like, and it's up like any movement that you want to do, like it's up to you to like have like to work through it but I think like just taking a little with habits it's just taking a little bit of time to making deciding what you want to do and and then experimenting to find that right balance of trigger action and reward so that you, like so it does become a habit and practicing it and not getting disappointed if you fail like if you if you want to start your daily practice habit and um, you try and like it, like, and it, it, you skip a few days, like, or it feels too hard. Like you don't want to like make that mean that you're never going to do it. What you want to do is just get curious. Okay. Huh. So, I, okay. This, maybe this time of day isn't right. Or maybe I'm, I'm just forgetting to do it. So I need a better, a stronger cue or a trigger. And so one thing that you can do is it's called habit stacking where you link, um, where you link the habit to another habit that you're already doing so for me I was already going to the loo first thing in the morning so um you know I'm linking 
stacking that habit, like making that was a really easy link. But a, another thing that you can do is like, so I, in the, another part of my, another habit I have is just before I go to bed is I write down my, my belief plan and my goals, you know, like I've got a notebook that I have on my bedside table. And so like having that notebook there is like, I see it and that's a trigger for me to a cue for me to do that habit of writing down, um, doing my, like before I go to bed, writing my, my, um, my goals down there. Um, and then it, that feels really good because I'm closing out my day thinking about my goals and where I'm heading. And so like, that's intrinsically rewarding in its own way. Um, yeah, so that's that's pretty much the secret to habits. Like it, the, the, it's actually a, they're really simple concept that are very very powerful. And the cool thing, like with habits, as we spoke before, is that like like learning new skills. Yes, it does take some intentional thought to set them up in the beginning, and it can take some tweaking to find that right that right mix of cue, action, and reward. But once you have habits, they're very strong and like it can feel weird not to do them and so it just it just puts so many of our healthy behaviors on autopilot so just and the, the thing with um when you look at people who are naturally healthy already is that they have a good set like they have a set of healthy habits that works for them and that helps them make intentional choices that that and it's and then like no two habit sets are the same like we're all unique in our habits so it's up to and I love the idea of finding it like treating it as a, a mystery or a puzzle to under uncover like what's what are my habits that I want to um what I, I want to like evolve and what, what what's going to help me and I I really like so I love like geeking out on habits like it really it's really such an opportunity because it just and they make our lives so much easier um so yeah, like I, I want to like imbue with you this like this sense of like fun that we can have with habits. Um, so that's good forming good habits. What about breaking? Um, oh yeah, and so together like we're going to be um, when we last when we looked at your daily practice habits. So before we you we we I got you to think about when and where you're going to do your daily practice. Um, just thinking about now that you know a bit more about habits, like what what could your trigger or cue be to do the habit? Whether that's it could be a place, it could be a time, could be another habit that you're going to link it to. But just think like something will come come to mind. Could be a lot of people. It's like them when they have their morning coffee, they do it then. Um, and the other thing is like with the daily practice is like how can you make it intrinsically rewarding? And the rewards can actually be just some thoughts that you think about yourself. Like it can just be like look at me setting myself up for like becoming a naturally healthy person. Look at me doing this work. Like just talking it up in your mind can be really helpful. Um, yes, Bill said um, Atomic Habits by James Clear is an excellent book about forming and creating new habits. Yes. And there's another one. Um, I think it's called Tiny Habits by BJ Fogg, Bill, that um, a lot of people in the group have read that have found, found it really helpful as well. But you don't need to go and read, read Atomic Habits to do this. It's really like just understanding that loop of trigger, um, of cue, action and reward is, is all you need. So, well, yeah, I want you to think about your daily practice. It's like how can you, like what's your trigger going to be and how can you make it rewarding? And to form this habit together, we're going to be doing a challenge. So it's starting this week. We can start at any time. So just a two-week daily practice challenge. And so I'll just post in the group, in the chat there. So I've post, put a post in circle about the challenge. So it explains everything. I won't go into it here, but there's a, a star chart. And I find like having a star chart and putting a sticker on my star chart or just ticking off my star chart a very rewarding thing to do. So um, that's going to help you build this habit of doing your daily practice. Okay, and then we'll just quickly talk about bad habits. So thing with breaking bad habits is you want to make them intrinsically unrewarding. Um, so for example, with me and over drinking, like with wine, I stopped seeing it like when I, I used to think of wine as like fun and sophisticated and um, sort of a way to relax and exciting and you know a buzz 
And so what I've done with my work on wine, I still drink wine and I still see it as those things. However, I've also connected it with other things that make it unrewarding. So for now, for me now, like sleep, like if I drink wine at nighttime, it, even just like one glass, it impacts my sleep. I have a, um, have a ring that track or a ring that tracks my sleep and so that's made it made the wine very unrewarding um and just like and learning about the the link between cancer risk and wine particularly breast cancer my mom died from breast cancer and so even like every glass that you drink every alcohol every every drink you have increases your risk of cancer particularly breast cancer which is a bummer, but true. So like that is making wine intrinsically unrewarding. Um, so you can do the same thing, like overeating rather than seeing it as like this pleasure and that you're enjoy getting enjoyment, sit linking overeating with bloat, with what your weight being up the next day because you're going to weigh yourself with poor sleep quality, with feeling sluggish, with feeling gross, like not feeling good in your clothes. Or like if, you've, if you're a sugar lover, like linking sugar, like, there's a link between you know high sugar, high blood sugar and cancer. There's a link between high blood sugar and dementia um, and Alzheimer's. Like like Alzheimer's and dementia are actually called type the some circles they talk refer to them as type three diabetes. So um your sugar gives you wrinkles, like you know, so that's like another thing, like making it intrinsically unrewarding. Um, and then other strategies for breaking bad habits are like removing the trigger. So if you have a lolly jar that's sitting on your desk, like like your you know sweets or maybe in the, like in the house you have like chocolate and sweets out on display like you know just that the the having those triggers like just by putting them in a different location that can remove that trigger of snack random snacking or um um yeah or delaying the start time can be helpful as well so if you wait until like one of the things i used to like have a glass of wine when I was cooking dinner so like rather so one of the first steps I did was like just waiting until dinner meal time before I started drinking and that was really helpful and then the other strategy with breaking bad habits can be to like insert like so you still have the trigger and the reward but you insert an alternate be um a, a different action into that habit loop um, so this is like finding substitutes so for me like in terms of wine like drinking um having a glass of kombucha instead of having um, wine I ordered a really lovely one in a restaurant um, in Sydney the other day and you know it was just as satisfying as having a glass of wine it was really lovely so finding alternatives can be a, a really helpful thing and um, I first learned about this from a guy called Charles Dewig and he had like um, he used to have this habit of having a cookie every afternoon at work he'd go to the cafeteria and get a cookie and so he did an experiment of like trying different um rewards like so actions instead so he um and he actually found that it was like having the break and social like going to the cafeteria and social like so it was actually socializing and having a break was the thing that he really wanted it wasn't actually the cookie um and so he just got into the habit then of going for a walk to the water cooler and like just having a chat with colleagues in another location so he didn't need the cookie and he you know by doing that just changing that one habit i think he you know he lost eight pounds in a certain amount of week um yes so mary said she's had a virgin mary at lunch yesterday which was tasty and cheaper too exactly mary love it so yeah like just being curious and I, asking like what what could i substitute here okay so that's habits in a nutshell um kind of quick quick and quick and dirty lesson on habits now we're going to talk about nutrition so basically the, my philosophy on nutrition is that which is completely different to what I learned when I was at university it's that how you eat and how much you eat um, and how you think about food is way more important than what you actually eat um, and I just like know this to be true for myself like and the thing is that all nutrition like and you know stuff in like media and stuff it's always talking about what like bad these foods are bad don't avoid these foods like and about what looking at what you eat but it's actually like yes of course you know eating but more vegetables is generally helping going to help you be more healthy than eating sugar however it's actually like how you go about eating it and how much you eat of whatever it is that you're eating and how you're thinking and feeling about it 
that is that has a much bigger impact on your waistline and a much bigger impact on your health than the actual what the what of eating so this is like a pretty radical way to approach it and I actually when I studied nutrition at university, when I was studying food science, like this is not what I learned. I was all, it was all about what, the what, what, what. Um, however, when I did my health coaching certificate, it was through um, organization, part of the University of Auckland in New Zealand. And my nutrition lecturer there, she was like all about like that how and how, like how much you eat. Well, she was actually more about the how, how you eat is more important. Um, and I've added the how much and what you think about it. Um, so let's talk about like how to eat and this is like we're talking about being present when you're eating so slowing down and enjoying it and being there for the experience so um, and feeling you know relaxed in your environment like and like planning time to like prioritize making cooking and eating an important part of your lifestyle like you're worth it and the other thing is like how to eat is that I'm a huge proponent of in the Naturally Healthy Club is like eating proper meals and like actually, and if you want a snack, like yes, have a snack, but make it like official. So we're like being intentional and we're not like eating random stuff all the, through the day or we're not eating like, you know, in front of the TV because, you know, we want to be present for the food. And I, I like, I'm really convinced that when we're present and we're able to feel more satisfied with what we have and when we're not present, it's like our body doesn't register it in some ways. It's like our, if our brain's not engaged in the eating activity, then we kind of miss out on something. So that how to eat is really, really important. Then in terms of how much to eat, of course, that all just comes down to like this skill of listening to your body and stopping when you feel satisfied. Um, Pam's asked an excellent question. What's your definition of a proper meal? So it's just a like it's a just what you would think of as a meal pan so something that's got some protein in it um that like you know it does it and it it's like it's the a proper meal is the opposite of grazing i guess it's probably the best way to describe it it's like it and it, it can look like in all different ways but it's it's a like it's where you're serving the food out onto a plate or a bowl and you're sitting down and focusing it. and the what isn't so important but it's and it generally does include some protein, um, but that's that's what I think of as a proper meal. So rather than, and it's just, it's the opposite of grazing. Um, yeah, so that's, oh yeah, I was talking about how much to eat and that's really like listening to our bodies and stopping when we've had enough. So we spoke about that last hour, so I won't go into that more because we know what that looks like. And then, and we so we're not counting calories. We're not restricting. We're not like, doing any crazy weighing or measuring like we're just like at least letting our bodies decide because they we have this amazing ability like to self-regulate that we ignore and we override and we're, when we're micromanaging it with our heads but so really it's like letting our bodies decide how much um and then and then the way Pam's asked another question like what's a reasonable amount of protein it really depends on you Pam and like what like you know like I can't answer that for everyone and it varies from day to day as well but um to give you an idea for me like I don't so I'll have like three eggs or four eggs or I'll have like you know 150 grams to 200 grams of, of protein with a meal so that's five ounces to seven ounces is 200 grams I think yeah somewhere in that range but if I'm really hungry I, I might have more than that and it's like so we don't want to get too caught up in like the amount but it's like you'll know if you're getting enough protein because your appetite will feel good whereas if your appetite doesn't feel imbalanced then you want to experiment with trying a bit more but what works for me like you know with my activity levels and with my circadian rhythms and my gut microbiome is different from what another person needs <clears throat> so it's really like letting our bodies decide um yeah yes like lisa said yeah i had lunch yesterday and it seemed healthy and delicious and it turned out to be low in protein and i was hungry again in an hour and a half yeah exactly like and you'll so the more you tune into this just trust that you'll you'll learn what it is but um yeah yeah like 
So let's talk about when. So we, we want to eat to suit our circadian rhythms. So, so I think it's important not to be like constantly feeding, like, you know, having eating all day, every day. It's important to give our bodies a break. And there's a lot of researcher, like Dr. Sachin Panda, who's, um, he's done a lot of work on, on, on this and the circadian rhythm component to eating. And there's actually a study that he um, linked to that was a breast cancer study. And they got, so women that had had, had breast cancer and they did a follow-up with them and half the group they got to just, they didn't, they just ate their normal pattern. And the other half of the group they um, got to, they got them, the only change they got them to make was to, um, they could, they call it time restricted eating. So they had like a 13 hour window every day where they weren't eating. So from their last meal at night to breakfast in the morning, it was like at least 13 hours. And the, the women that um, were in the, 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 the time restricted, like had 40% less recurrence of breast cancer, um, but they're also, and they also lost some weight as well. So there's, there's a timing component to when we eat that's important as well. Um, and a lot of people say like to, like you hear a lot of people saying like, you know, to don't eat, like to don't eat when you, if you're not hungry, don't eat. And I can see where they're coming from, but I think in the practical, practical sense, that's actually not very good advice because just the way life is, like if you're waiting until you're hung, hungry every time you eat, like you're like it just managing your meals and it just it gets too 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 difficult to manage and also like then you've got two windows that you're moving like you've got the two goalposts that you're moving you've got the like am I hungry am I not hungry goalpost and then you've got the am I satisfied am I not satisfied goalpost so you've got two things to manage whereas if you just eat on a regular basis of like giving your body an opportunity to have a regular whatever that is for you breakfast lunch dinner we'll do an exercise in a sec to figure that out for you um then your circadian rhythms like your body like knows when to expect food so that that makes it easier for your body and then also like that goalpost is fixed of like okay I'm just gonna I'm gonna eat at these kind of you know regular times and then you can like adjust the quantity by adjusting like adjusting that satisfaction amount so you're getting like the right amount of food by moving this lever so you've only got one lever that you need to focus on rather than having two moving moving targets so just it simplifies it and i think um this circadian rhythm component is really important like we actually get hungry at our regular meal times like i'm i don't i haven't had breakfast for years and um I, it's really it's fascinating like i don't get hungry at all in the mornings but at lunchtime i'll get hungry like but some days I won't be that hungry, but I'll still have my lunch at that time. And if I'm not that hungry, generally, like, you know, I won't eat as like my body will feel satisfied earlier. Like it just, it works itself out um, when I, like when I eat in that, in that, in that way. Um, so, and also the other cool thing about eating in a regular, finding that regular rhythm of, and having regular meal times is that you avoid getting into like over hunger territory. And we've all been there when you're hungry, like, and because when you're really over hungry like that, it's really hard. It's much harder to like stay focused and slow down because your body's like just wanting to get all the food all the like right now. So um, yeah, that's, that's kind of a key part to it. Um, okay. Excellent question, Abby. Why don't you have breakfast? Jules should be doing that should we be doing that too um well just I've never been really hungry in the mornings Abby like it's just that's part of my circadian rhythm is just like it doesn't doesn't like I don't like it so it doesn't feel good to me um so it feels really good to me to have lunch and a snack and dinner uh, so what we're going to do now though you it's it's up to you to experiment and and try like just because that works for me doesn't mean that it's right for you and it's interesting like my Irishman he's like the biggest breakfast person ever he's hungry in the mornings like all the like all the time so for him he like he has breakfast every day and sometimes like so you know and that works for him so it's up to you and like I think you know like what type of person you are and they're actually like I think there's research around that we have different chronotypes in terms of um awakeness and our circadian rhythms so 
So it's up to you to, to experiment and decide. But so the exercise we're going to do now is I just want you to think about like what kind of like what's your current meal schedule and what would you like like that to make a decision about what you'd like that to be moving like to play with around for now like and knowing that you can change it at any time that you want but you know is that like breakfast lunch a snack dinner is it you know breakfast lunch dinner is it like me is it lunch a snack you know lunch a snack dinner you know um yeah it's up to you to decide like what you want but I think one thing to be mindful of is if you can getting giving yourself a good break every day so that you're having you know at least at least 12 if you can do like 12 hours between your last food at night and your first food in the morning great if you can't don't stress out about it but um and I don't like want you to be like on the clock like I'm like you know like oh my goodness you know timing it but just thinking about it so like how can you set up your your rhythm so that you are having a good chunk of time um is, is important so has everyone got there like has everyone typed in there actually maybe type in the chat and share like what what you what your rhythm is going to be and like what what you want to experiment with so we can see what everyone's up to Abby said usually breakfast. Yeah, yeah. So if you like, if you feel like you 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 like breakfast is good for you, then do it. Rebecca's BLD. Um, great, great, brilliant. So Mary said since studying energy, I'm eating three meals plus a snack. So breakfast, noon, four p.m., seven p.m. Yes, excellent. And um, for those of you that normally have, yeah breakfast lunch snack dinner i think is a really good rhythm um and for those of you that have resistance to snacking i like just be open to the the mind to this idea that like actually when i started having a snack at 4 p.m like it just made it so much easier for me to like overcome my bad habits of picking when i was cooking because i wasn't so ravenous at dinner time and also helped me like listen to my body and stop when i felt dinner um, felt hungry, um, felt satisfied at dinner time. Um, Lizzie's not forgetting morning coffee. Yes. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah. Like, and Lisa's saying, I have um, coffee and breakfast in the morning, a morning snack, lunch, Arvo snack, um, and then dinner. Yeah. Like, and it's like, there's no right or wrong to this. It's like for you to find the right rhythm that works for you. Okay. And then in terms of so good. Okay. And then in terms of like what to eat, um, I think the reason nutrition is so confusing is that like it's not one size fits all. Like the thing is that we aren't all the same. We don't have the same microbiomes. We don't have the same circadian rhythms. We don't have the same everything. And the other thing is, so like what works for one person isn't necessarily going to work for another person. And so you have to take ownership. Um, and it's actually an opportunity is that like it's, we, get to, we get to take ownership and become the experts of ourselves because we are the only ones that really have that experience and know ourselves intimately. So, um, and the other thing is like, if we're looking to experts and outside, like eventually like either like, like it's too confusing or it's too much effort or also like if someone's telling you you should eat this and you shouldn't eat that like eventually you want to rebel against it <laughs> like um and I think like like that's a lot of the reason why diets don't work is that we're doing what someone else other someone else tells us what we should and shouldn't eat rather than tuning into what feels good for us and so there's not that intrinsic reward that we get from like listening to our own own bodies so I want you to like really be open to this idea of letting your body guide you and like just start to really pay attention to how different, how foods make you feel like both in the moment and then also like 
you know, one or two hours after you're eating them, but just tuning in and going, oh, does, you know, like um, Lisa said, you know, she had her lunch. It felt great at the moment, but uh, one hour and a half later, she was really, she was hungry again. Like, so like when you tune into like your body and what feels good for you, then it just, that becomes intrinsically rewarding and you naturally gravitate to like towards making more choices for things that feel good for you. And I want you to treat it as like this fun experiment, like it's like a little puzzle for you to solve and be like playing around with like with and experimenting with trying different things and or maybe like having a break from things and just like there's no right or wrong here. It's just like you know finding what works for you. So you know for me, um, I like eat fairly low carb because I have diabetes. And I need to do that to manage it, but it was never like a struggle for me to do that. It's never a struggle for me to stick to my choices because like to, to choose low carb stuff because it just feels better for me. And I know that I'm taking care of myself and I like, don't ever feel like I'm missing out. Like there's always amazing, delicious food that I can choose that like there's plenty of things that I love. So I don't feel like I'm missing out. And also like, if I ever really do feel like, you know, I really want some amazing sourdough. Like we were at a restaurant in Sydney and they bought the bread and like um, the boys in Glen were just like, this is the best sourdough. I was like, right, give me some. Like, and I had some and it was delicious. And I was able to be satisfied with like a bite, like, and it was fine. Like, um, so it's like, I never feel like I'm missing out because I like, I let myself have what I want and I'm really in tune with what feels good. If I had have had a whole piece of the sourdough I would have felt bloated and gross later so it's like you know just the more you can be in tune listening to your body and being in tune making decisions around what how you feel the better it's going to be like it really is like trusting your own nutritional compass it's really that um yeah so let's see what else Okay. Yeah. The other thing in terms of what to eat is I'm really huge on this idea of there's no bad food. Like all food has some value. Um, so we don't want to get into the trap of moralizing food. So like, yeah, of course, like some foods, like, you know, they make us not feel great when we eat them or some foods like, you know, it's particularly things that have sugar in them that stimulates our dopamine pathways and so it's harder to feel satisfied with a reasonable amount um, but that doesn't make sugar bad and it doesn't mean that we should never have sugar it's just that we need to be mindful and intentional and like and same with alcohol like you know there's a place for it and it's just that we we want to be intentional about our choices and we want to like maybe have some boundaries around it so rather than waiting until we feel satisfied with with eating donuts maybe it's like okay we just make that intentional choice ahead of time of like i'm just going to have one or i'm just like i made that intentional choice i was just going to have one bite of the sourdough to taste it and experience it and that was going to be enough like so setting boundaries is the way to do this and the cool thing is like when you stop feel, seeing food as good and bad like it just it takes so much of the drama out of it and like all and just recognizing that like yeah there's a place for ice cream there's a place for sugar like there's a place for processed you know some food like you know it's just not nostalgia like you know and it doesn't actually taste that good and that's okay like but there's a place for that as well so in some ways it's the connection and the the history and the sharing and the tradition like there's so many reasons to eat different things and none of the none of it is ever bad um, the other thing we want to ignore the shoulds, um, like we really want to just focus on doing things because we want to. Um, and um, the only thing I will say in terms of what to eat is just to be mindful of carbohydrate, particularly if, and this is only for the people, if you gain, tend to gain weight around your tummy, that means that you're like, if, if you gain weight on your thighs and your butt, you don't have to listen to this, but if, it, if the weight goes on around your tummy, then that's a sign that your insulin sensitivity isn't as good as it could be. And this is definitely for me. Um, and so in that point, case, you want to be intentional about carbohydrate. Um, and there's a, in the um, in circle, there's a, um, a resource if you're not sure if you're insulin resistant, that um, there's a link 
there's a resource there to help you decide but basically it's like if your waistline is where you put on weight that that's a sign that you need just need to be mindful of carbohydrate and then the other thing I do do recommend for everyone in terms of what to eat is to prioritize protein because it's essential for satiety and there's a theory in nutrition that our bodies actually don't they're our satiety kicks in when we've got enough protein. So our bodies aren't actually looking to get enough calories. They're looking to get enough protein. And so if you're not eating enough protein, you could be eating like way more calories than you need, but your body is still hungry because it's looking for the protein. Um, So that's why I really recommend having protein at every meal and, and just experimenting and like playing around with having more protein than you used to and just seeing how that makes you feel um, and just you'll really notice like when you're getting the right amount of protein it's easy to feel satisfied with eating a reasonable amount of food um, um, so abby said i find i'm hungry without the carbs yeah okay well in that case then maybe abby like you need like maybe you do need the carbs of them maybe it's also like that you're not getting enough protein so like maybe try like just experiment abby and play around that like maybe like have some carbs but like don't have lots of potatoes have more you know whatever chicken fish whatever you're having and just play around with it and just experiment and see what feels good um yeah yes of course yeah like jordan said i tend to really overindulge in carbs when i'm tired yeah and that's because your brain's looking for that quick fix like of, of carbohydrate because it is like the most easily digestible, like it goes in. So having higher protein definitely will help with carb, carb cravings. So um, if anyone have any other questions about what to eat before we move on to our next exercise. No, we're good. Okay. So next exercise I want you to do is in terms of like what to eat was we're going to create a like a it's a list of your go-to meals and I'll just put a link to some resources in circle so there's a actually uh in circle there's a resource around your doing this exercise but so for whatever your meal rhythm is that you decided earlier we want to create a list of two or three go-to meals that you will that you want to start out with for those things. So what are your usual breakfasts and what are your usual lunches? What are you, your usual snacks and, and then a couple of dinners? And Mary's saying anything from your meal plans? Oh, Mary. <laughs> um, yeah, but we want to come up with like, because it's important to, and I, that's another thing in terms of what to eat, is that like we don't need as much variety like have eating a few meals having a few regular meals that we eat on a regular basis just makes it so much easier to manage um and it just gives you a good starting place and then of course if you feel inspired you can you know, add variety to it but having this like these are what i'm going to have if i don't have any other options is a really good starting place so i'll just give you a few minutes to to do that And I've, so that link that I've given you in circle, it's got links to recipe ideas. So like if, you, if you're struggling to come up with ideas for what your two or three different go-to meals are for each of those, and you, you, you might, sometimes you, like, you might only need one. Like my snack is the same every day. Like I have um, seeds and yogurt. So, and there's a link to that in, the, in that resource page. But it's, yeah, so I'm getting like some protein from the yogurt and protein from the, the, the linseeds. Um, and sometimes I have, but I mix it up. Like some days I have tahini with it. Some days I have peanut butter with it. Some days I have um, some fruit with it, like some berries with it when it's berry season or if I've got some roast pears or something. So it doesn't have to be different every day. 
okay, so that's nutrition. That's we've got to go to, we've got a meal schedule and we've, you've got a couple of ideas for go-to meals and just know that you can come back to that. Um, and also with like with the dinners, if you don't have some good, simple dinner ideas, definitely have a project at some point to come up with some, because that's going to make it much easier. Um, but the key thing is that I want you to take away from this is that you're the expert on you when it comes to nutrition. And so you want to like just experiment and find what and just lean into how food makes you feel and what feels good for you. Okay, so now we're going to quickly talk about meal planning. So meal planning, people can get like, it's like the word planning can get like triggering for people. And I, so if you're not a planner, just bear with me. Um, so I want you to think about it in like meal planning is also known as deciding what to have for dinner. And the thing is that you're already doing this, whether you don't think that you're a planner or not, you are already deciding what to have for dinner. Sometimes that might be at six o'clock when you're going to eat at 6.30, but you're, every day you make a decision about what to have for dinner because you're not eating all the things all the time. Like you are making a decision. And so what we want to do is just like figure out like what style like suits you, like what works best for you in terms of, deciding when you're going to do this so is it deciding ahead of time or another way to do it is to just is to shop first and then decide afterwards and the, the other thing you want to think about is so this is like what style suits you in terms of meal planning and deciding what to have for dinner and then also what timing suits you and it's there's no right or wrong to this again like everything we do it's up to you to find what works for you and so that might be weak, like having a, where you have a weekly plan, um, but it might be like just deciding every day might be like good, for, like best for you as well. Or it might be somewhere in between where you decide for a few days at a time. But just it, what I want you to do is, is to be intentional about this process of deciding when you have, what you're going to have for dinner. And like, and Yes, and the other thing to be to be mindful of is that like we always feel resistance around deciding when to make like about around making decisions. So if you feel if you've tried meal planning in the past and you found it hard or difficult, <clears throat> and you felt resistance around it, it's probably just that normal human reaction to not wanting to decide <laughs> to make a decision because decisions require a bit of energy and and that's okay. Like. So you don't have to have a weekly meal plan, but, and it's fascinating because I'm a huge proponent of meal planning. I think it's a, like, just makes my life so much easier, particularly like for during the week because, you know, having family and stuff. Um, and I still feel a little bit like I do it once a week and I love it. I really enjoy it. But I also, there's always a little bit of resistance there of like, oh, having to decide. And that's how I don't make that mean anything. I just go, of course, I'm feeling that resistance and I just do my plan anyway. And so I think um, in terms of like how to make deciding easier, having a, this, this list of go-to meals is really helpful. And that's what I do is like in, I, on, I use the Simple Meal Plans website, which you guys all have access to. Um, and I use that, that meal planning template and I just go in and I create a, like I've got, I've got my list of, like of my go-to dinners that I'm and usually it's like a list of like it's usually like a list of about 10 of like ideas that I'm working on or and and then I just look at that list and I move choose from that that list so it takes me like not very doesn't take a lot of time sometimes I look at the the simple meal plans like what the current recipes are for that week if I want to some inspiration or sometimes it'll be I've seen a recipe or an idea um you know, in a magazine and I might be like, oh yeah, that's right. I saw that curry. I, I, let's do a curry this week. Like, but it's like, I think having that list of go-tos just makes it, it means that I'm not like starting with a blank page of like, oh my goodness, what am I going to have for dinner? There's so many options. Like it's just, it makes it, gives you a starting point. Um, and, or another thing that can be really helpful is to like have a theme for each night. So, you know, have meat free Monday or taco Tuesday, or at the moment I'm doing like slow cooker Wednesday because on Wednesdays the boys go for a play date. So I work late on Wednesdays and then I go and pick them up. And, um, and so we're, we're home late and I don't have a lot of time. So I've been like 
doing a slow cooker meal on Wednesday so that all I have to do is just, you know, add a couple of things to the slow cooker and it's done. Um, so that's working well for me. Um, another thing I like a theme that I have a, is like fish on Friday. I you know, used to be a Catholic, so, <laughs> um, but I often like go do the shopping on Friday. So the fish is fresh. And so that's, um, yeah, that works well. A friend of mine used to have, um, she used, he used to do like junk food Friday. So he would have burgers or, um, or like hot dogs or like whatever, like, you know, to make it, make it fun. Um, so yeah, like having a, that theme for the week and then like, you can, you know, vary it. Like, so like last week I did a chicken dish in the slow cooker, but this week I'm going to do a, um, actually it's another chicken dish with a, this one's going to be a curry. So the last one was like a coconut chicken dish. So like, you know, it, you get variety and through, through that, but, um, yeah, so have a think about like what timing is going to work for you in terms of meal planning and then and deciding what to have for dinner and then also like what um like you know what's the kind of shopping routine works for you and also like how can you make it fun like if you remember think back to our habits stuff like what's um yeah like what how can how can you make this fun so like for me when I do my meal plan I like sit down with a coffee if it's not so at the moment it's near the fire because it's winter time but it, you know, usually it's um it's on a Wednesday this is my day to do like do washing and family stuff so I get the washing done make a coffee and sit out in the garden or near the fire and like do my meal plan then and do the shopping list then um and then I usually do the shopping on Thursday or Friday and but yeah like it, it feels relaxing and it feels good for me and I think a thought that can make it fun is like you know this is going to make my life easier meal planning makes my life easier and deciding now is like another key thought that it really helps me is like by actually deciding now it's going to save me time and energy later so okay so how's everyone feeling about meal planning are you going to do, do you is it something that you currently do yay yay <laughs> go mary excellent Type I, in the chat. i'm not joking jules i only cook from your meal plans like oh, thanks that's yay. all i ever do <laughs> Oh, that feels good to me. <laughs> but everyone, you don't have to, you don't have to do that. Like it's like whatever. Um, Sally's saying some good tips. Thanks, Jules. Yeah. So just and it's like it's a process that'll evolve. And maybe some weeks you do a weekly plan and some weeks it's more winging it. Like it's up to you. Um, Laura's saying meal planning is my superpower. I love it. Does anyone like hate meal planning? And they're like, Jules, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, let me know. Um, um, I cook your from your meals and it plans and it makes it so easy excellent yay okay more rounds that's awesome but yeah you don't have to like it's like up to you like there's a million ways to be naturally healthy and also remembering that there's no bad foods like you know um rick's saying cook once eat at least two two times from that yeah yeah like so finding that rhythm of work investment cooking so good ruth excellent okay so our last we're almost on the home stretch with our last thing we're going to talk about just in the next seven minutes is urges um so urges like are just strong feelings like desires for stuff and they generally like last us up until about 90 seconds like they don't can't hang around for a long time and they're often really habitual so you know you're walking past the kitchen and you see the like um for me i've got this bad habit at the moment of it eating like the orange flavored vitamin c's because i was eating heaps of them my irishman had covid and i wanted to make sure i wasn't going to get it so it's like eating heaps of um vitamin c so like now when i walk past the pantry i think about vitamin c like that's a trigger for me um but often or opening the fridge can be a trigger for you or even just walking past the kitchen can be a trigger um or like friday night after a tough tough work week can be a trigger for for eating or um, you know, left seeing leftover food on your kids' plates. Like there's millions of different triggers that can 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 come up with urges. And like that's it, it, just a normal part of human behavior is that we see things and we or we think things or we smell things. Um, and that gives us the urge to take an action. So it's they, they, I guess urges really in some they're actually in some form like you know, they they are a different form of habits, a specific form of habits. So how do we want to handle urges? And basically, like, we want to get good at, like, feeling the urges and allowing them to be there instead of giving in to them. 
or resisting them. Because if we give into an urge, that just perpetuates that habit loop of like, we see, we see the cookie, we eat the cookie, we get the dopamine hit from the sugar of the cookie. So that's, we get that reward of, of that, that cookie, but then we get the blood sugar crash later and we feel gross later. So, um, so we want to like, so giving into urges just perpetually, like it deepens that habit. It practices that habit. It's a vote for, for that habit continuing. Resisting urges is um, problematic because it takes a lot of effort and willpower to resist. Like if we're like, oh, there's the cookies, but I'm not shouldn't be having the cookies because I'm trying to be a naturally healthy person and the naturally healthy person wouldn't have cookies. Um, you know, that that energy is like 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 draining. And so eventually like we give in. <laughs> um, so what we want to do instead is this idea of like allowing the seeing the urge, allowing the urge to be there, but not like letting it be there and being okay with it being there without taking action on it so that's what allowing the urge means and how we do that it's the same as how we handle the emotional eating piece so it's the three a's so we remember it by awareness so it's like just noticing that we're having the urge so um yeah so it's the three a's awareness acceptance and then our action and um, so the awareness is just noticing like and without condemnation and just with curiosity oh yeah look here I am there's this there's um those vitamin c's are calling to me again like and you can have a bit of fun with it and be playful with it or like you the cookies like in the cookie jar over there they're talking to me um and so like it's bringing awareness to it so I've caught, like I'm having this urge and then you want to like accept it. And it's like, of course I'm having the urge. Like, of course I want to have some cookies right now. Of course I want to have a glass of wine after a shitty day. Um, and, and just like that acceptance piece that makes it, that's really where the allowing comes in. Like it just, when you're accepted, like it just, it removes the need to resist because you're like, oh yeah, of course I want that. Like, you know, like I'm just a human your cookies are delicious like I've had a tough day of course I want some wine to relax and then from that place of acceptance and like being okay with it then we can like go into like taking it taking action so and the thing to be mindful of with 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 this is with the urges is that the effort the action um it must be like equal or less effort than giving into the urge so if you're like okay every time i see that have the urge to have cookies i'm going to do 10 push-ups like not going to happen because like doing 10 push-ups yeah will feel rewarding like you'll get a little bit of um endorphins from it but like that's way more effort than just grabbing a cookie and eating cookies so or like oh every time i feel the urge to have a cookie i'm going to go for a walk around the block like that's just like it might work for you, but unlikely. So what we want to do instead is find something that's going to be um, less effort or the same effort. And then we want it to be equally rewarding. So the thing that I find the superpower I find with, with urges is this idea of praising ourselves. So talking things up in our mind is actually surprisingly rewarding. So, um, so you want to like, look so that's the self-praise piece comes in like you've accepted of course I'm having the urge and then you're like look at me like look at me I'm like I'm having the urge to have this cookie and I'm not gonna like I'm not doing it I'm not giving in like and just talking yourself up but rewarding yourself with your thoughts I'm having that urge to have that extra glass of wine but I'm gonna order some water now I'm gonna order a pot of tea now instead I'm having the urge to have that glass of wine and I'm gonna have um I'm gonna have a kombucha now instead like just that that talking like talking things up in your mind like it might seem inconsequential but it's really really powerful um and then but the other options for actions can be like you know keeping a list of like urges so like it could be like if you see you're out and you're in the shops and you see like an amazing cake you're like but, but oh, i haven't had carrot cake for ages so you might like actually have a list of um you know on your phone where you're like a note that you just like oh yeah carrot put carrot cake on your list and then you can add that to your plan for future treats that you're going to have so that can be rewarding um and I've been doing that with like in in terms of being intentional with my money and my spending is like um is like when I have the urge to buy something actually they've got that into the habit of 
thinking about like, well, do I really want this and need this? And then actually setting a reminder on my phone for a week uh, in a week's time and going, okay, well, if I still want it in a week's time, I'll, I'll get it. And like, and this is for, you know, things that are over a hundred dollars. So like I had this urge to get this like um, dark circle remover eye cream. And I was like, well, I really want that. And then I was just like, so delaying can be a really um, effective action of telling yourself I'm going to have that in the future can be really, really helpful. So I should bring it back to food examples. Um, another action could be like it's one of your self-soothing exercises. Like, so like taking an alternative action um, or like, so if you like, you know, you've got that urge, Charles Dewey, he had that urge for the cookie but it was actually he needed a break. So just go for going for a walk and having a chat to a colleague was enough. Um, and then also like, you know, looking for alternatives. So like maybe instead of having a cookie, have an apple, like well, carrot, whatever, a different snack or some, you know, protein, high protein snack. Um, you know, and, and that's all the other action might be that you decide, yeah, actually I'm going to have this cookie, but you're really intentional and you're really intentional about it. So you serve it out on a plate or a bowl, you sit down and enjoy it. So um, okay, we're just going to go a little bit like 10 minutes over time because I just want to do like one quick final exercise. So I want you to think about um, like, do you have any habits that, um, any urge habits that you can think of now? And like, what are you going to do next time you have the urge to have? To, to have that so is it if it's a glass of wine is if it's um if it's cookies if it's like you know maybe at work someone brings in cake like whatever it is for you like think about like your urge habits and how are you going to like what what action like what different action are you going to take and it might just be that your urge protocol is when I have the urge to eat something I'm going to make it like tell myself of course I'm having the urge and then I'm going to talk myself up in my brain, like reward myself with my self-praise. Okay, so that's urges. So like, um, and you can come back and do, do that. So I'll, I'll make a note that we, um, we do that in one of the weekly calls as well to have it when we talk about urges again. Because we will, all this stuff that we've learned over the last three hours, we'll come back to again and again over the next six months. So don't feel like, this is so much I need to like completely get it all straight in my brain from now. Like just know that we're going to be coming back and we'll be repeating, we'll be repeating and we're repeating. So just whatever you've learned, whatever you've taken in today is the perfect amount. So don't no need I'm forbidding you from feeling overwhelmed. I don't tell you what you should and shouldn't do, but no feeling overwhelmed after today. So I'll just go through and recap um, what we've what we've been through so far so in the first hour we went through the whole thoughts and beliefs and the self-talk and the thing we want to remember from that is that it always comes back to our thoughts and the acronym to remember from there is T T E A of thought our thoughts drive our emotions and they drive our actions and then we did all those different exercises to come up with your naturally healthy self-concept so you've got your one sentence um, and then we did um did the exercise to create your belief, your first belief plan of intentional thoughts that you want to be starting to practice to retrain your subconscious. Uh, and then we spoke about emotional eating. And the thing to remember from emotional eating was just those three A's of we want to bring awareness to it. We want to um, bring acceptance, like, like, of course, I'm feeling whatever it is that I'm feeling. And then like, we want to um, bring um, action some action to it and that was where we um we got our self-soothing practice and we thought about like what what's one nice thing that we want to start doing every day to to soothe ourselves so that was first hour second hour was we spoke about our process so the thing to remember from that is it's sit so s for we stop when we're satisfied i for so sit we stop when we're satisfied. We make intention in I for intentional and T for tracking, and we did the um, the exercise there. There were around our intentional treat policy. Um, we did our exercise around our daily practice. So figuring out how um, we're going to do do that, what when we we're going to do it, what our trigger was going to be, how we're going to make it rewarding, and what we we're actually going to include in our practice. And we also did for tracking, we did our um, 
first progress quiz. So we've ticked that off, off the box. And then in the third hour, we did, um, we spoke about habits and nutrition, um, meal planning and urges. So the exercise that we did there was coming up with what your regular meal schedule is, is that you want to play around with. We came up with your list of go-to meals. Um, we spoke about your meal planning practice. And that final one there was like your urge protocol. Um, so we've covered a lot and this is just the beginning and it's your, you've taken, whatever you've taken in today is exactly where you need to be. Um, and in terms of next steps, so very clear, we're going to just focus on next, first thing we're going to focus on is to build this daily practice habit. And the way we're going to do that is we've got a challenge. So I'll just um, post that in the chat again. So the details of the challenge are in circle and we're starting, I'm, we're starting on Monday, but or you can start whenever you like. It's like a two week thing. Um, and it's just building this habit of your daily practice. And then in terms of other homework, if you want to start tracking and weighing yourself every day, you're welcome to, but it's up to you to decide when you want to do that. Um, so yeah, and so this week's call, we're going to be, we'll go into the details of learning from daily weighing, and we're also going to be talking about reviews. So that was such a great session. Thank you, everyone. Sorry, we've gone a little bit over time, um, but I will catch you guys. And if you have any questions or anything comes up out of this, just post in, um, in circle and I'll answer your questions there and we'll take it from there. Um, okay. Have a beautiful, enjoy the rest of your weekend, everyone. So good to see you. Oh, yay. Thanks, okay. Bye.